Good afternoon. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to the podcast. This is Saturday, March 6, 2021. Let's kick this thing off. Number one, uh, are we in a bubble? That's a, a question from a fan today, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that. Number two, how to sell stocks directly related to number one. And uh, number three, commodities around 100-year lows. So let's get right into it. Uh, why do this? My two sons, Bobby and Jack, in their 20s, they were in uh, business programs, undergrad, and they'd ask me questions and their, and their friends would join in. You know, what's going on with the bond market? Uh, what do you think about semiconductors? And the list would go on and on and on. And then I decided to put this on steroid, uh, met my good friend Mike here, who makes me look and sound better than I probably am. And uh, I do the work that maybe you don't want to do. I mean, I read Barron's uh, cover to cover. I uh, devour podcasts. I uh, uh, read newsletters. I uh, monitor what my Google alerts are kicking back out in terms of my themes. And uh, so I just know that if you want to do it, great. I always give attribution. And if you don't, I'm doing that work for you. Uh, I eat home cooking. I just talk about things that interest me and, and what I invest in. I'm pretty transparent. I have no conflicts. And uh, But the, here's my disclaimer. This isn't investment advice. Uh, I don't know your own situation. Please conduct and share your own due diligence, okay? And the more you do that, the better this is going to be interactive, and hopefully we have a lot more fun and, and, and to make some money. A new fan uh, and new subscriber, I'm thrilled about this, uh, at Atlee Brad came in uh, via Twitter and said, Hey, Bakes, quick question. There's a good amount of chatter about an impending bubble burst in the market. I believe he's talking about the stock market. And how can we prepare for that before and react to it afterward? Should it happen? And I wrote in caps, and I say right now, I love this question. Again, Mike, the caffeine and ACDC is uh, working its magic. Uh, and uh, here's what you do. So first of all, uh, if you recall last week, my son Bobby fired a chart at me, the Buffett indicator, uh, the, the, the stock market versus GDP. Mike, can you, there you go. Thank you. Um, and this is just math. This is the, the, the stock market cap versus GDP. And uh, uh, that ratio is at the highest it's ever been, uh, past the uh, 99 and 2000 bubble. And it feeds into the, the, the question that others are posing about, is this a bubble or not? And uh, the, the, you know, the, the SPAC phenomenon, the GameStop phenomenon, I can understand why it comes up. Um, the, my point with this Buffett indicator, though, as it was last week, is that it's sort of like a, a stick figure on a, on a mall map. You know, you are here, and it, you just know where you are. You're not at, at trough valuations like we were back in 09. We're at, you know, pretty high valuations. Is it a bubble? Uh, I'll address that. But this is why bonds matter, because as, as bonds become better competition for stocks, uh, just the, 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 the valuations, the PE multiples of, of uh, stocks are, are coming in. And not dramatically, but uh, they're, they're coming in. So my take is valuations are poor. This is from last week. I'm saying the same thing again, but it's still true. Uh, valuations are poor. They can't handle rates going up much more. More on that later. Uh, had some charts that came up this week that, that feed into that. And watch the 200-day moving averages. So my take overall is there's no bubble, stocks are expensive, know how to sell. And I think I mentioned this last week that I wanted to revisit this. Um, and because if you go to Amazon, there's a, you know, a million books on how to buy stocks and there's about 11 on how to sell stocks. I'm exaggerating only slightly, but uh, this is my, one of my favorites, Bill O'Neill, How to Make Money Selling Stocks Short. And there's short selling books are very, you know, rare. 
but I, I read this years ago, and what I and I applied that to selling longs as well. And uh, it's I really recommend it. It's it's uh, dozens and dozens uh, uh, of, of of historical example of charts that have huge moves and huge declines, and distilling what the the signs were about those tops and and how you could get out of the way of the big declines. My poster child that I gave in presentations for a long, long time was Cisco back in 2000. I didn't put that chart up here because I wanted to come up with a more recent example, but Cisco was everybody's darling in in, uh, uh, March of 2000. It went down from 80 to 12, down 85% in 18 months. So and all the you know all the way down, it's a good company. Fundamentals are strong. Technology is the place to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're hearing echoes of that again, that might be why the 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 bubble argument will come into place. I don't care if it's a bubble or not. Stocks go down for a host of reasons, and I want you to get out of the way. So and this is an example that I used before because I thought it was it was it was germane. This is Royal Caribbean Group this year, and. Prior to this, spent a lot of time over, uh, uh, you know, in the 120s, 130s, and uh, and you didn't have to be an epidemiologist. You didn't have to have a reporter in Wuhan. All you needed to have was this chart, and and I bring this up again. Uh, stock, there's an arrow here if you go on the YouTube channel, which I recommend highly that you go see what we're talking about visibly in terms of the charts. There's an arrow here back in uh, in February of of last year. And before COVID was really a, a, a big topic of conversation, and um, uh, it went down from 111 down to in the teens, and now it's bounced back up to 86. But even with this bounce, you're down 22% in one year, and you could have invested in hundreds of other companies and other things, uranium being one of my favorites, that that uh, performed really well over that over that period of time. So... Uh, I want you to plan ahead, and I like uh, I like doing this this on Saturdays. You know, when the red and green isn't flashing in front of my eyes, and I want you to do this sort of figuratively in your head while while you're not uh, caught up in in panics and 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 the news. To here's what I would recommend you do, and this is what I do, and I'm planning now myself. So. Um, if if a stock trades below, it closes, closes below, it's 200-day moving average, sell a third of your stock. So if you have 300 GameStop, and I know no one ever wants to sell GameStop, but let's just you know be hypothetical for a second. You know, uh, now the the the, do, the 200-day moving average at GameStop is was is was very low. So let's you know I'll go back to Royal Caribbean. If it, if it closed below the the um, uh, the 200-day moving average, like it did at 111, you sell a third of your stock. So if you have 300 shares, you sell 100, and I mean sell it. I don't mean talk about it. I don't mean call your broker. I don't mean call your mother. Sell the stock, and it's just a very good. And the reason I do this is that here I can't. You can see how doggier this is. Uh, there's just example after example after example, and it follows these patterns all the time. Not exactly, but boy, does this work. Um, if the 50-day moving average closes below the 200, sell another third. And again, don't call your mother, unless you want to tell your lover. And then, lastly, the 200-day moving average turns down, and uh, you, you sell the last third. So, in this case, you got out at around 111. You didn't get the peak. You never will. 
but you avoid that that waterfall decline in a month and a half that took you that, that took away 80% of your money and i just bring this up so uh, i don't think we're in a bubble I think valuations are high. They're not the same. Uh, this area is a froth, obviously, but this is how you handle it. You handle it before, so you have your game plan in place, and you can dispassionately execute these sell orders uh, if you see these levels break. And if you want to give me specific stocks to talk about, boy, I love that. So, uh, Brad, really appreciate the help and, and, and the interest and, and, the, uh, and the question. Please share this with your you know, Robin Hood or your Reddit friends. Uh, your, uh, send your other stocks ideas, and I'll offer a strategy for them. And uh, please stay tuned. Uh, my themes groups covered this a lot last week. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I like all my ETFs. Yes, they came in this past week. Almost everything did, except bonds, by the way. Shorting bonds worked out really well this week. Um, I'm watching the 200-day moving averages, and now you know why. And uh, I want you to know that the market is not cheap. Uh, that isn't a very controversial statement, but by having uh, the the con- the, the uh, r- relative valuations in your head and know how stretched things are, you'll it's going to be easier to to uh, to hit the sell tickets. And there's always something. There's, you know, there's always a bull market somewhere, as Jim Cramer says. I believe that. Uh, I think it's in commodities, and we'll go to that later. Uh, didn't really have anything from the podcasts of the week, reporters of the week, uh, and I'll bring that up only to say that um, uh, you know I'll go a little over half an hour when I have a lot of things that, that I think add value and bring you uh, you know profit making opportunities. And if I don't see anything that grabs me, I'm not just going to fill up a segment for the sake of it. So I hope uh, you know I, I'm going to respect your time and and uh, I hope I'm a good use of it. Now I did find. Uh, charts, tweets, posts of the week that I, I found really interesting. And it segues into my commodities comment at the, at the, at the top. Um, you, as you look at charts, I always recommend that you look at the time frame. CNBC has this habit, and it's a daily show, so it's understandable, but they tend to show short-term charts that make, you know, that make moves look larger and more significant than they are. So I always want to look at the time frame, and the longer... The time frame that is encapsulated, the more significance the the the, the data has, and uh, when you get to extremes, it becomes even more important. So I submit to you what uh, uh, Hellborn Finance Hellborn Finance uh, uh, sent out this week, and uh, and especially you know for folks who are who are younger than me, which is most of you. Uh, it's, it's hard to put this in perspective, but we are at close to 100-year lows in valuations in terms of commodities. And this is the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index. And it's pretty remarkable. I mean, we came off the, the, uh, the late 80s highs, and, and, uh, and here we are. It's, it's been astonishing to, to see. And uh, I bring that up because, as you well know by now, uh, uranium... Uh, is is in inning two or three of a bull market. Copper, we've talked about the impact EVs have had on that. That is an inning two or three, in my view. Uh, uh, shorting bonds is an inning two or three. Agriculture and Bitcoin. So the 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 discipline that I bring, going through seventeen hundred charts every week, and then and then finding the the fundamental themes that we can latch onto and hold for I hope two, three, four years. Um, 
we got a lot of room to go, in my view. Now, this could change, but for right now, uh, commodities are are, going to be a focus of ours, and I think it's going to serve us very, very well. Next, Jim Bianco, a very thoughtful uh, guy out of Chicago, uh, met him a couple of times. He's on on the CNBC. It seems all the time. Pretty prolific uh, producer. I, I think terrific content. Uh, and he addresses commodities in a different way. And this is kind of cool. It shows you know every year since 1973 what what have commodities done. Again, the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index. And uh, it's a little oil heavy, to be fair. But be that as it may. Uh, so going back to 1973, we're off to the second best year uh, uh, since 2003. So uh, it doesn't, you know, we might not go uh, all, straight up to the to the right, but it's a pretty good indicator that there's there's a lot to do in commodities, and you can see, uh, you know, it's almost. Uh, one man gathers what another man spills. You see the fang stocks, you know, stall and take breathers or go or decline. And then you see what's going on with commodities. So we're up 16% in the first two months. And, um, you know, I'm pretty optimistic about, about the rest of the year. And I'll tell you if I, if I find reasons to, uh, to change. Next, Ed Yardini, a uh, very thoughtful strategist, has had some pretty good calls, you know, uh, I, I have to say. And he was more optimistic than I was in the depths of COVID. So, you know, tip of the hat to him. But uh, he points out, and it sounds like he's getting a little bit more uh, cautious, at least. Uh, after the current quarter, GDP expansion is going to be in record high territory. And as you know, I'm not a macro guy. I'm not an economist. I don't play one on TV because I've never been able to find a way to take a be right on a fundamental view of the economy and then go find an ETF to invest in to make money. It just isn't what I do well. Maybe someone can, but it isn't, it isn't what I do well. But this is a pretty interesting statement. The economy is hot and will get hotter with the bonfire of the fiscal and monetary insanities. So that's pretty strong language, especially coming from Ed. And, uh, you know, and part of the reason why I'm so bullish on Bitcoin is I'm so bearish on our elected officials. And, you know, now that they promise stimulus and an infrastructure bill, they're going to do that. They're going to borrow that. And the bond market is not liking that. And I think eventually the stock market doesn't like that. I also point out that you have to get used to this this cognitive dissonance of the economy versus the stock market. You're going to hear a lot of things about you know the economy is doing great but you're going to see red in your in your in your stock portfolio and you know I'm allergic to red so uh, be ready for that that you can have good economic news and lousy stock market returns and it doesn't have to be that way but I want you ready for that uh that potential outcome next is terra power and uh, uh uh this is uh, uh Bill Gates was on 60 minutes he's the chairman of terra power and uh, you know pretty thoughtful guy putting he's got two billion dollars to work in in areas that are impacting climate change and uh these are my words not his nuclear is esg environmental social governmental it is good for the environment it is good for climate change it gets us to to carbon neutral um uh and uh, I think it's inevitable, and I know that wind and solar get all the, the most of the headlines. But Terra Power is making SMRs, small modular reactors, 
by the way, Chernobyl was in 1986, so that's 35 years ago. Uh, and, you know, there hasn't been much uh, in the way of accidents uh, since then. So uh, we're going to see nuclear being being more accepted. Terra Power is in its infancy. You're not going to see these put up uh, in anybody's backyard anytime soon. But uh, it's good for uranium. And uh, I, I just believe that. It's 13 minutes. And uh, anytime Bill Gates says anything, it's worth listening to. Uh, and I recommend it. So check that out. It's in the show notes. Next, Jim Bianco again. Uh, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, GBTC, uh, it's at a discount. Now, what that means is that the ETF price is below uh, the the uh, Bitcoin per ETF share price. It's at a discount. I bought it at a, at a, you know, a slight premium. It's now at a discount. Don't really know why that is, but uh, Jim points out that uh, it's been bullish the first uh, two times. This is the third time it's happened, and uh, uh, the the ETF GBTC has gone up nicely since then, and uh, I continue to like it. I continue to hold it, and uh, I think Bitcoin is, is, you know, it's probably not inning two or three. Maybe it's inning four or five. Don't hold me to these. They're, that's obviously, uh, uh, you know, a false precision, but uh, I think we have uh, moved to go, and I'm going to talk about that more next week, I think. Uh, Jurian Timmer from uh, Fidelity, the head of Global Macro, who must be new because I haven't recall seeing his stuff, but I really like it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very visual. I love charts. And uh, you know, he points out this chart reminds us that stocks don't like too much inflation or too much deflation. And as it turns out, the sweet spot is around 2%. And what you see here is that if inflation is around 2%, the stock market valuation, the PE multiple, is the highest around there. Now, again, I don't want to have another false precision. You know, 2.1 isn't cataclysmic, 1.9 isn't cataclysmic. But uh, 2% is the sweet spot. It's pretty compelling. And, uh, uh, you know, my take is that, if you start seeing a three handle on inflation, then you're going to see these multiples come down. And then going back to the original chart, valuations are pretty stretched. So it doesn't take much to take a an S&P at 22 times and take it down to 18 times. And that doesn't sound like much, but it's going to leave a mark. And frankly, nothing's going to change with the companies that you own. So just be ready for that. That's all. Um, that's the show, folks. Uh, nice, short, and sweet, I hope. Uh, please subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. Follow us on Twitter, at Bakes Takes underscore, and other social media. Please, please use your voice memo app, tape your questions, and email to bakes at bakestakespodcast.com, or write if you prefer. I'll keep you anonymous if you'd like. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Mike, thank you as always. Have a great week. This is Bakes. And for much needed levity, this is uh, Gabriel Iglesias, a.k.a. Fluffy. Uh, Cuban coffee almost killed me. Uh, you, you get a chuckle out of this. See you next week. Thanks now. Bye. Bye. <laughs>